Disney expects the coronavirus to cost them $175 million in revenue. Oof. They plan to make up for the damages by selling three churros at Disney World. <laughs> That's Hell. a good joke. That's a good joke. So, I guess this is a headline. The impeachment's completely over. He was acquitted. It wasn't even close. Exactly the ending everybody knew was going to happen. Let history decide whether it was a good idea to go through all that. The answer is no, by the way. Mitt Romney is the toast of the left for about, eh, tick, 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 about another hour and a half. Um, and then the president's going to give a speech today? Does anybody have any idea why? I'm sorry, I should tell you. Mitt voted yes on one of the articles of impeachment. And so he's being hailed by the uh, CNNs of the world. I'm sorry, you were saying And why now? is the president giving a speech today addressing because the nation? Because he's the president. What are you going to do? Silence the president? Jack, come on. First Amendment. Well, it says on TV, Trump to address impeachment verdict. So he's going to talk about it? Yes. That okay. is, yeah, that is what is believed. I wonder why. Anyway, I guess we'll find out. He has things to say. He's been remarkably quiet. and They um, wouldn't let him put it in the so-to, so he's got to get it out now, I guess. Yeah, he probably struck that bargain with his peeps. and yeah. He got some really good advice. Listen, uplifting, positive, lots of good stuff for people of color, the economy, just everything rah, rah, happy, happy. And then you can unleash uh, hell if you want the next day or two. So I wanted to hit you with this. This is a good article from the Dispatch. We've talked about this sort of thing a lot, but here you go. When students settled into a sociology class at the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus in 2018, the professor started describing certain theories he said he was eager to critique in a proposal that he was thinking of sending to the sociology department. Yet the professor added some theories and beliefs couldn't be critiqued. He called them sacred cows within academia. Well, this statement angered one student who complained to university administrators that the use of terms sacred cows was inappropriate. Oh, my gosh. So they didn't even get to the core. There's some, you know, stuff that's, like, religiously held in campuses, and you're not allowed to ask questions. Didn't make it that far. Couldn't get there. (laughs) The way he used this term, I'm quoting now, the way he used this term was offensive to me because in some cultures, cows are deemed to be sacred, and his employment of the term... In my culture, they're deemed to be delicious. And (laughs) And his employment of the term as a snarky rhetorical device demonstrates the lack of awareness or concern this person has towards future colleagues and students who might be from those countries the student wrote. Let me guess. Was he triggered? Uh I grew up in India and found his use of the terminology to be condescending and racist. And here's my favorite part. I would not feel safe around him. Oh, that's even better than triggered. He felt unsafe. I would not feel (laughs) safe around him and feel that his confident lack of awareness perpetuates the unsafe white-centric and white supremacist environment of UW-Madison. You, you know that that college campus, which is as lefty oh as any God. of the other major colleges, is, is full uh, of white supremacists. Oh, my God. University of Wisconsin at Madison? That's, that's like Trotsky University. Oh, my God. That is the most gentle crayons and puppy dogs stress <laughs> breaks the, the, the intersectional campus in the nation. Uh, I know, th- this, this whole, I would not feel safe. Oh, my God. I'm willing to let you make the argument that, look, I'm from India. That's not cool. I wish you wouldn't say that. All right. Th- that's not what we mean when we say that. All right? That in, in, we, we mean, if I say that, if Joe says n- n- nothing in our mind at all about disrespect for people of India. Right. Or your beliefs there. or anything. No, nobody even thinks about Hindus. 
But the idea that you don't feel safe, we have got to get past this. It's just embarrassing. God, if my kids ever said that, I'd feel so bad for myself as a parent and them as a child. You feel unsafe? Come on. we got to be tougher than this, but I'll go on. Oh, hang on a second. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. The student filed this complaint using the university's bias or hate reporting website, which encourages campus community members to report any uncomfortable interaction they encounter on campus. Every interaction's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. Uncomfortable now warrants reporting to someone. What are we doing to our children? Students may file behavior reports anonymously against other students for words uttered in private interactions. Well, that's good. That's that's not at all Maoist. That's not Stalin in 1937. Or may report professors for words set in front of a set in front of a classroom. Well, that's exactly Maoist and Stalinist. The site began taking reports at the school in 2016 at a cost of sixty thousand dollars per year. Why does college cost so much? <laughs> Uh, during the 2018-19 school year, there were 107 bias and hate complaints that were filed at UW-Madison, each of which was retrieved through a Freedom of Information request. And while the information identifying students and professors was re- redacted, the breadth and scope of what campus community members are willing to report one another for is revealing. And by the way, UW-Madison is not alone. In 2017, the Foundation for Individual Rights, which keeps track of this sort of thing, found there are 232 American schools now with bias response teams. This number is almost certainly outdated, since that's three years ago. It's much higher now. It's very difficult in 2020 to find any major public university that doesn't have some sort of reporting structure, whether they call it a campus climate report, bias report, or part of their caring system. Nice. The campus caring system. Which I'm sure is uh, composed of 43 assistant deans, each making $165,000 a year or more. Uh, Listen, a a couple of points. Number one, here's where we pitch for you to support campusreform.org or FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Uh, What really, really bothers me, and I've been dealing with, and I've got to be vague, forgive me in advance, um, to avoid betraying confidences, but... Um, and those of you who just, well, it's not, it's not my kids. I'm not talking about one of my kids. There are thousands and thousands of American young adults who are leaving their colleges with such grossly, astonishingly unrealistic expectations of the world of work and the world in general, coupled with The fact that they've been systematically taught, if anybody offends you in the least, that is a catastrophe. That is a terrible offense, and you must report it to the proper authorities, and everything will stop while that is dealt with. We are systematically indoctrinating these young people with that belief, and they get out into the real world, and they panic, and they freak out. And some of them adjust, and they do okay eventually, you know, while being mocked and snickered at by their more seasoned, you know, coworkers and, and associates. Others of them lose job after job because they don't understand they were lied to by their assistant dean of inclusion and triggering avoidance. This is much more serious than people getting snickered at. It's it, Trust me, I'm dealing with something like this right now. It is a problem. Yeah, it's serious. I agree with Jordan Peterson, the uh, YouTube phenomenon, who uh, who says 
the university system in America is a net negative for society at this point. I think it has passed that tipping point. I got to read this one. You mentioned sniggering. I got to mention one that's all about sniggering. And they went through the all the complaints there at UW, uh, University of Wisconsin Madison. Some of them are, are entertaining. On September 27th of 2017, an advisor for the Multicultural Learning Community floor in a campus dorm noticed that some construction paper decorations that had been taped to the office's front door had been rearranged in the shape of a penis. <laughs> I'm not laughing. It's allergies. hard to imagine that college students would do that sort of thing in the dark of night. You come across a door that has some innocuous colored construction paper telling you that don't forget uh, this Friday is a uh, fall dance or whatever and you rearrange the construction paper in the shape of a penis. Ooh, 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 can I finish this one? Can I, can I? <laughs> blah, 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 triggered, blah, 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 rape culture, blah, 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 unsafe, blah, 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 toxic masculinity. Do oh, well, I win? Obviously, yeah. As a mentor, it's my responsibility to help the residents when they come across life's challenges. Including construction paper penises. <laughs> <laughs> Who is responsible for this construction paper penis? Here's one. At the end of class in October, a student asked a professor to acknowledge you didn't acknowledge during the class that it was Indigenous Peoples Day. The professor answered, well, uh, we're going to talk about that next Thursday. That answer was unsatisfactory for the student who noted as if our progression only exists in academic settings and is not to be acknowledged when it's actually happening in real life. Um, And uh, complained to the college that the professor... (laughs) Put it off for a week. And they made them feel unsafe. <laughs> I mean, that sort of stuff is just so crazy. And like you were just talking about, when you get out in the real world, man, you, you not only is it not like that, it's not within a million miles of that right? in the real world. Well, and, and Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff in their brilliant book, The Coddling of the American Mind, and that big old piece in The Atlantic a few years ago that we talked about a lot and talked to them about, it's, it's worse than just being unrealistic. They are teaching mental illness, systematically training people to act as if, uh, to react as if small problems are huge problems. Uh, 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 an unintended slight, somebody just, you know, didn't mean to offend at all, that that doesn't matter at all. You must be terribly offended. You must go to pieces. If you do not fall apart, you are supporting the patriarchy and the right supremacy and the rest of it. They're teaching mental illness. Um, I've got a little follow-up on that. It's the enforcement mechanism that the dispatch is really writing about today and how that comes into play on these campuses. And it's oh, kind of interesting. There's but, more? Uh, a little more on that later. Also, I want to talk about Kirk Douglas, the actor who I thought was already dead, but he died yesterday at 103, and he seems and like he was just loving a loving tribute to come on the Armstrong He was a show. dick. It seems like he was a dick based on his, his own memoir. on the movies, his courage, so his performer, I... <laughs> Stay his tuned. chin. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. They're going to cut tariffs on $75 billion of U.S. goods. Going to cut them in half from uh, 10% to 5% starting Valentine's Day. And some are going to go from 5 to 2.5. But anyway, $75 billion worth of uh, goods, China. So that's China caving, right? Yes. And I got to think, I haven't heard anybody else say this, isn't, the, isn't it just obvious that China saw 
they were they were hoping to wait out Trump. Yes. And they thought he's going to go. They saw the vote. Okay, he ain't going nowhere. Well, they saw the approval ratings. They saw the approval ratings. And they see the Democratic candidates. Yeah. They know how to read. They they got people who watch uh, CNN for a living in China. Yeah, they thought, oh boy, it's likely he's, well, he's not getting getting kicked out, and it's likely he wins, so he ain't going away. And they caved. <laughs> this might be a better deal than we can get in December. Right. Well, and I tell you what, uh, just a measure of the dishonesty of politics, and we mentioned earlier that the whole lionizing of St. Mitt of Utah for voting against the president on one of the articles of impeachment. I actually think Mitt Romney's a man of conscience. I think he's wrong on this, but I think he probably did what he did for what he saw as the right reasons. I I think so, too. Yeah, but nobody, nobody, nobody in the mainstream media, or any media practically, is mentioning that the second article of impeachment, the uh, obstruction of Congress, is a ridiculous charge. It is absolutely laughable. And not a single Democrat said, you know, this one's not really strong enough to remove a president on. If we, even though it is patently, clearly, undeniably just weak. So don't talk to me about Republicans being partisan. You can get a single Democrat to say, look, I think maybe the, the Ukraine call was funky, but he gets to appeal to the courts. I mean, that's our system. Not a single one. So save your sanctimonious, you know, preaching about what should have happened and could have happened. Dana Milbank, and the, I'm looking at Dana. I actually like Dana. He's a fun conversation. But Mitt Romney's act of bravery changed nothing and changed everything. Oh, it didn't change anything. Jennifer Rubin. This is not a story. Romney shows us all is not lost. No, this is not a story. Nobody will remember this Friday, let alone for history. Um, uh, Da, 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 da. One follow-up on this. So I was reading from the Dispatch, which was doing a piece on these. um, Every campus has got one, and they got different names for it. But it's, it's the place you complain with your hate speech. If you hear a professor, for instance, a professor using the term sacred cow, somebody complained and said, I don't feel safe around this professor because they're of Indian descent, which is just insane. I mean, you're actually crazy. You've catastrophized things to the point that you're mentally ill. Yeah, guy uses a common expression and you feel unsafe because, well, he's lynched several Indian Americans through the years in his class. Or, oh, no, wait a minute. He's never done anything the least bit threatening to anybody. You crazy person. I just wanted to follow up that the point of the dispatch article was how they have an enforcement mechanism on all these college campuses across the country, and it's all kind of in secret, and uh, and and there's no appealing it, and that's where the scary part gets in. In many cases, bias teams do do investigate alleged hate speech. A controversial statement at a dinner with fellow students can earn an undergraduate a visit from a diversity counselor. Students have been called to testify in front of panels or have been forced to attend diversity workshops for things they've said on campus. Complaints are recorded in public files that can be permanent and have an effect on whether or not you go to grad school or get to do this or that. The effect has had a chilling speech on campus. For example, if you weren't listening earlier... So, you know, you're in college, and a whole bunch of you are out to eat at a restaurant, and there's like 15 of you at a table. Right. You know most of the people, and some of them you kind of know. Maybe that person's girlfriend down there you don't know at all. And you're drinking beer and talking and doing everything. Right. You say something that one person in that crowd thinks is hate speech. They complain to this complain to this bias team. You get investigated. They, they testify. You testify. Like, that's a courtroom situation. And it goes in your permanent file. And as the dispatch points out... The chilling effect is that if you are on a university campus and you know it's not okay to say anything that's uh, anti-pro-choice or you believe in marriage between a man and a woman, you know, for a couple of examples, or or anything about immigration, really, right. that's beyond everybody should get to come in. Or you question 
anything from the social sciences. You question anything of the, you know, agreed upon gospel of progressive academia at this point. That is hate. If you didn't think all illegals should get health care paid for by the taxpayer, or if you had any questioning of the whole trans movement, right? Yeah, you're going to end up investigated. Yeah, good because, example. Because one of your, one of the people at the dinner table secretly, and that you don't ever get to find out who they are. Right. Okay, they might just hate you. Who right. knows what it is? But man, that's a weird, weird culture we're developing. Or you make an innocent joke, and they don't even say, "Hey, dude, that's uncool. That's not funny." No, they just secretly go to the. The, uh, you know, thought police there on the campus and all of a sudden you're dragged in front of a hearing and it's on your record. It's I tell you what, I mm, er, uh, where do we go with this discussion? Uh, the as we said earlier, and we agree with Jordan Peterson, the American university system has become a net negative in in our our country. Partly because knowledge is available practically everywhere. Now, I agree with education in a formal setting and, and, and education leaders like professors or whatever and question and answer and testing and that sort of thing. That's that's perfectly fine. But why in the world are you paying so much money that you're in debt for the next uh, 30 years of your life for knowledge that's practically everywhere and you're being systematically made mentally ill? Yuck. Tear it down. Buttigieg still in the lead among other things coming up. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So it looks like a great sedan with potentially a flat tire speed pass. There was a chase that came here just at the beginning of the parade route. Look at all the police cars. There's the look car. right there. Look it's at like that. It's smashed on the side. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yep, and definitely at least one tire was flat. Looks like they're trying to box that car in. So dangerous. Oh, my goodness. Look how many people out. along the side of the parade route here. Gosh, that's happening Been right in the middle of it. Good grief. All right, several police cars trying to trap that car right now. We have not heard yet how it started. Look at the police officers running that direction. The smoke now coming after they spun that car out of spin move to get it to stop. So that's the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. <laughs> Turned into a high-speed chase. How? Yeah, uh, some uh, evildoer was on the parade route, and they, they spun him out. And what was incredibly dramatic, as they kind of described there, were that the crowds for the parade were just off the street and behind barricades, but not terribly far from the curbs as they spun this guy out. But I tell you what, kudos to the cops. They did it pretty well, effectively and apprehended the Joker. Yeah, it was pretty amazing to see. They they essentially boxed this guy in and forced him to a place where there wasn't um, crowds of people on either side of the street. So then they could do the pit stop maneuver where you spin him out and then they kind of just boxed him in from there. Well, there were absolutely people on both sides of the street. Right, right. right. Keep watching, though. So they, they have well, the guy anyway, in front and the guy right. in back. Boy, that could have been awful. Do we have any idea what the guy did or anything like that? And did, did I they... do know he was charged with DUI. He was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the least. How did, well, how did well, he... he was drunk with the Chiefs fan uh, happiness. He was drunk with his uh, Mahomes jersey on is what he was. But how do you think that's going to end when you're uh, when you're in a car? You're doing that. You think uh, you know? I'll find my way out of this, or it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll bet they'll get tired chasing me. I'll go home. Maybe I'll call him later and say I'm sorry. Jeez, there's a lot of people with the guns pointed at him right there at the end. You're you're, yeah. you're lucky you don't get shot. Yeah. Um. So ratings for the State of the Union address the other night. I did not watch. Uh, Joe did. So we got a fifty percent ratings in uh, in here. 
Um, but uh, down a little from uh, the year before, the most interesting thing out of it is Fox had nearly as many viewers on its own as the big three networks combined. Wow. Which, Fox News? Which is pretty impressive. Fox News, well, yeah. Big Fox. Fox big News. Well, big Fox. Hello. I thought they meant Fox, the uh, cable channel. I don't know. In this context, did they? I don't know what they mean. What do they mean? I don't know. I'm not them. They mean Fox like the channel. I only the know what I on? mean half the time. Is they, did they just mean Fox? Did they even have it? I don't know. I was on a cable news Big channel. Big Fox? I don't know. I, it never occurs to me to go to the broadcast You know what network. the Fox says? Ding, 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 ding. Well, allegedly. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, anyway, regardless, whatever Fox uh, it is, had uh, about 12 million viewers with two and a half of those in the coveted 25 to 54 demographic, which means... Like 80% of those viewers were older than 54, uh, sitting watching Fox News and joining it. Um, super high ratings for your... Well, cons- I'm sorry, they said half in 2554? No. I'm so- no, a, 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 like 20% oh, of their ratings okay. were in okay. 2554. All right, yeah. The rest oh, yeah. of them were older than that. 2554 and- is a ridiculous demographic. It's it's hung on in the advertising world for silly reasons. It's like retiring at age 60 is to Social Security. It's just it's no longer realistic. It doesn't reflect the real world. Well, anyway, the it- idea is that some a 57 year old is no longer an active consumer. Well, they're just waiting to die, pretty much. <laughs> It's just, it's idiotic. The, the, the tendency of humanity, particularly executives and attorneys, to hold on, well, it's it's worked before, and I won't lose my job for continuing to do the same things. So I'll just not innovate or change at all. My only point was going to be that, um, well, a lot of old people watch the show, watch the dang show, but uh, the conservative crowd tuned in to watch Trump, and the people that don't like Trump didn't watch in near as many numbers, and that's just what we do now. So we, we, we have different worlds going on. We all know this. It's been talked to death, but it's just another example of it. So there you go. I don't know how we'll ever break through that, or if we will, we all get different information. And uh, and we seek out information that backs up what we already believe. A couple two triados, Congress numbskulls uh, boycotted the thing. We didn't really talk about that yesterday. That's fine. Go ahead. You got something better to do? Do something else. We, uh, you know, I I would love if the president gets reelected, he's not going to be able to resist the temptation to do the State of the Union live in January. Other, I'm not a hundred percent confident in that prediction, but. He would be the guy to say, "All right, the whole thing's gotten a little crazy. I'm just going to send it over to Congress." Let's. Uh, although Trump loves an audience, so nah, he probably isn't the guy. Did you see the pictures that uh, Nancy Pelosi had put little tears in the paper to get it ready to go so she could tear it up at the end? <laughs> well, no, there's video of her at the start of the speech testing to see if the paper was terrible. Wow, perforating it for yeah. her convenience. Oh, so that's what it was. Well, I, I don't know if it was a preparation because she was worried okay. about her grip strength or if she was just seeing if the <laughs> paper was actually terrible. You know, millennials in grip strength, they don't have it. But an old woman like her? <laughs> oh, please. Well, she grew up on Milk the and cows. prairie. Milk and don't cows. mess with me. She was running a butter churn in her youth. And hewn log cabin. That's where she lived when she got married back in 1903. So so she's got the grip strength. So that's it, huh? I had seen a, a photo of the speech laying on the desk while he's talking, and there's like a tear in it. So, but she was like, seeing, can I tear this or not? Okay, yeah, I, think I believe I the video is like right when she got it. She kind of uh-huh. takes a paper, puts it down below the desk. And you can kind of see her do a little thing. Oh, I want to know. I want to know if she ran that by anybody, if there was a conversation, if there was a meeting about it, when she thought of it. 
Because obviously she walked in with the idea. I'm going to tear this in half, make a big show. That's a very Trump-esque move. We got a note from a beloved listener who happens to be a teacher, and you can email us anytime, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Read almost every single one of them. Don't always answer or whatever, but... And, and you know, if there's something we ought to be talking about, send along the link. Uh, again, that's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But anyway, we got this note from a listener who's a teacher who said uh, a bunch of parents were talking about the impeachment, and some were, you know, hardcore anti-Trump, and some were pro-Trump, and, and so he just... He's a bit of a wiseacre. I could tell from the tone of his note. He said, you know, the interesting thing about Nancy Pelosi is she's the only American who has voted in all three impeachments. And everybody said, wow, that is interesting. Hmm. Went about their their way. And he thought, I really ought to correct yeah. that known. Maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> so he, th- he threw that out there as kind of a joke. Right. Everybody said, hmm. I've done that before, too. You're trying to make a joke and you realize nobody... Yeah, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> oh, that's unnecessarily harsh. I'm surrounded by idiots. Right above their heads. So, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know I don't have a lot of reverence for celebrity deaths, uh, and I've, I've taken a beating over the years for that. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't. Well, you're get sensitive. It. You're cruel. You're a, a bristling ball of hate. I, on this one, I actually think I'm the healthy one, and everybody else is not. But um, I just, I, I can't imagine. Getting real worked up about the death of Kirk Douglas at age 103. He was a movie star, and from everything I can read, not a particularly nice person, certainly when it comes to uh, relationships between men and women. But uh, I didn't know this about Kirk Douglas. He was one of those stories that make the news now regularly as a 14-year-old was having sex with his high school teacher. Whoa, whoa. Way back in the day. Oh, boy. So he got started early on this whole relationship you probably shouldn't be in. Yeah, I wonder if that uh, altered his trajectory. Although there are a lot of guys who screw around on their wives, you know, back in the day in Hollywood. uh, Currently in Hollywood. As he um, said in his memoir, uh, by today's standards, she would have gone to jail. Yeah, probably. I I don't necessarily agree with that, but... um, 14's awfully young. It is. Um, I, it doesn't say how old the teacher was. Of course, so the know. average age of marriage was like 21 at that point. And, and I don't know if it was a 19-year-old teacher or a 40-year-old teacher. So that makes a difference to me. But I don't care about the fact that he cheated on his wife and all that sort of stuff. Like you said, that goes on in Hollywood and then and now, and it goes on in the world. But in his book, he listed... Joan Crawford, Linda Darnell, I don't know most of these names, by the way, Marlena Dietrich, Rita Hayworth, Evelyn Keyes, Marilyn Maxwell, Patricia Neal, and Southern Jean Tierney, all these different people, many of them married. He was married to different women at various times. And then he said, I'm a son of a bitch, plain and simple. Oh, fair enough. So Who he might argue with him? brags about cheating on his wife, having sex with married women, names them. I'm yeah. sure they really appreciated that and their families. And then tell you, I'm a son of a bitch. That kind of guy I hate. So screw you, Kirk Douglas. Oh, Who too cares? soon. Bad person. Too soon. He's reaching mm-hmm. into the very the grave and punching him. What's to idolize there? I, know, I don't venerate actors anyway. I don't understand people who do. But what, what sort of a mindset is that? I'm going to tell everybody all the people I cheated with, they cheated on their husbands, and now you know they cheated on their husbands. Right. I don't know, I'm, a, I'm a jerk, aren't I? Which is a humble brag. You think it's cool, and most people are 
idolizing you. Well, I'm I'm assuming that he did not clear that disclosure of information with those people. Oh, I guarantee you he did. Living or deceased. No. And I would suggest to you that if you have a secret and illicit relationship with somebody and they die, uh, they took the secret to the grave, it's kind of incumbent upon you to do the same. That is the most common thing in your current uh, Hollywood memoirs, or or musicians and all that, is naming all the people they slept with. Yeah, it's dishonorable. It is. It's it's so uncool. to be old school. You know, it's funny. We're uh, we're ridiculously not old school in some regards, and 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 old school in others. No, you don't you don't kiss and tell. It's just it's so uncool. It's ungentlemanly. Kirk Douglas, Hollywood statesman, dies oh, at one hundred three. Who who feels the need to lionize these people? Now he did have one notable turn of a career that is worth discussing. I am Spartacus. <clears throat> No, it's when he stood up for some of the people who'd gotten blacklisted in the communist witch hunts and said, no, I'm putting, for instance, Dalton Trumbo's name on Spartacus as a screenwriter, uh, which was gutsy, and he, he could have gotten really screwed by that, but he was young and impulsive. I heard an interview with him, and he said, I thought it was the right thing to do, so I did it. I slept with his wife, but he's not a communist. Right, exactly. In fact, while he was uh, at the Oscars, yeah, exactly, I was with his wife and his daughter. Anyway, um... But that brings up one point that I just must make, because you're going to hear about that 50 times. The whole communist witch hunt of the 50s deal, the description always leaves out how many communists there were in Hollywood and in the State Department and in American media. It was lousy with communists who were doing the work of or reporting to the Soviets and undermining this country. And there were good, honest, righteous people trying to protect this country. There also happened to be a grandstanding jackass of a congressman from Wisconsin, Joe McCarthy, who went way too far and and tried to capitalize on the actual communist infiltration. But then the lefties who were caught with their pants down, and I'm talking about Time and Newsweek and the New York Times and all the big papers, they had been protecting all these communists and denying that it was true. When McCarthy came along, he was an incredible gift to them because they got to say, see, see, anybody who who claims they're communists is a, a fascist and an idiot. So that part is always left out of the discussion of that era. So while I appreciate Kirk Douglas standing up for Dalton Trumbo, there are plenty of commies in Hollywood. Speaking of communists, Bernie Sanders continues to lead in New Hampshire. And speaking of bad hair in Bernie Sanders, bad hair days plague Americans, according to a new study all on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You probably recognize this song. It's one of the uh, all-time classics of classic rock, one of the best-selling albums of all time, Hotel California. It's a metaphor, you know. It's not about a hotel. I don't clue you in. I don't believe in metaphors. To me, metaphors are like the wind. What? Um. So Hotel California, the Eagles are kicking off a tour, 50-year uh, anniversary of the, them being a band, and they're going to do the Hotel California album top to bottom, the whole album. That's so nice. You come out, they do the whole Hotel California album, and then you take a break, and then they do two hours of their greatest hits. Seems like a lot of music. 
It's got to be like at least two and a half, three hours with the break. But anyway, you're probably paying $400 a ticket, so you're probably going to want your money's worth. I like how they call it Eagles because it's not the Eagles exactly, but it is several Eagles. And pinch hitters of, this, of high esteem. So this is starting at Wembley Stadium in London, and they're touring the world. Is this with the Vince Gill? Because I know I believe most, so. Yeah, and huh. is it? Uh, ah, it doesn't matter if you care. It look it matter. up. Yeah, <laughs> we can say that about every stare story. It doesn't matter if you care. Look it up. The results in Iowa. If you care, look it up. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> care. Do you care? I don't care. It, one interesting thing about <laughs> Iowa, where Mayor Pete still has a slight lead over Bernie. Um, in the in the way they factor it, and would have been declared the winner if Iowa had had their act together. Uh, doesn't matter now. But Bernie wins in raw total people that came out for him, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny since Mayor Pete's one of those candidates who wants to do away with the electoral co- electoral uh, electrical college. I <laughs> just can't, go ahead and say it. <laughs> I can't not say that. I, That's your word straight, Jack. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mayor Pete's one of those people Ooh. that wants to, you know, the, the Hillary won. Okay, well, Bernie won Iowa. He got more votes. Yeah. The way they figured out, what you won, you, buddy. What do you say to that, Petey? People yeah. actually showed up wanting yeah. to vote for you. Bernie won. Yeah. Uh, how's that playing in the world of progressive politics? Do you know, Sean? Are people uh, anti that or anything? Uh, a lot of the Bernie supporters were tweeting out the video of him saying, hey, I'm old school, but the person who gets the most votes should win. That yeah. is ironic. Yeah. They're but comparing a little Pete to Obama these days. In a lot of ways. Really? Yeah, there'll be plenty of time to talk about that if he goes anywhere. But yeah. yeah, it could be over by Monday if he finishes third in, Iowa, in New Hampshire. So Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Um, I did we're, the, we're still, just in case you're tuning in, we're still waiting for the complete results from Iowa. They still don't have them together, so mm-hmm. never mind. You've, never mind. You dug your own we'll, grave. We'll, we'll have them for you probably Saturday. No, we don't want them now. Yeah. Don't. It doesn't don't matter anymore. Don't call me. Don't drop by with them. I don't care anymore. Um, so I didn't watch the Lego show last night. I did, uh, did record it. My kids are super into it. It's like American Idol for making Lego creations. <laughs> and uh, Do they have like really bad people who just jab themselves in the eyes with the pieces <laughs> exactly. or something? And their mom says, you are going to be a Lego star. I believe in you. <laughs> that is the worst Lego creation I have ever seen. Does the loser have to walk through a living room filled with Legos on the floor barefoot? <laughs> oh, boy. I've seen better Lego creations on a cruise ship. <laughs> um, but somebody texted this. Oh, my God. Lego Masters made me love and hate humanity both all at the same time. Yeah, most of these kind of shows do. But I learned that I'm not su- supposed to pronounce Legos with an S. WTF. The plural for Legos is our Lego. What? Like deer? I'm still going to say the S. I don't know. I haven't watched the show. I'll watch tonight. So they refer to it always as Lego. So take your Lego, even if there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I guess that seems to be what they're indicating. Like deer or goose. Oh, I know. I guess goose is geese. Mm-hmm. Leggies. What? Whatever. Well, you learn some calling them Legos. Well, it's a Swedish creation, right? So they might do it differently over there. Oh, we're taking orders from Sweden now? Huh? What are you, Bernie Sanders? Wow. He's some sort of democratic socialist? We ought to look to the Norwegian countries. I do not have hair, but the rest on of your, y'all On do. your jug. <laughs> Fat on your jack. head. Fat <laughs> jack. I've seen your arms, you liar. Bad hair days ruin lots of lives for Americans, according to this study. A new survey found Americans suffer 96 bad hair days a year on average. I've actually, for the first time in a very long time, had to. I got a haircut the other day at my barber of choice. It's a barber. They don't talk to you. They don't say a damn word to you unless they know you or you bring something up. So I love it. 
But I actually had to trim my hair the next day. I was like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to be sticking out there. And so I've had to trim a couple of times. I don't know. It's a, we'll, we'll give him one more chance. You go to a barber, 10 minutes in, old guy might say, boy, 49ers crapped the bed, didn't they? Nothing. Yeah, they sure did. That's yep. it. That's your whole conversation. Right. Just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? Amen to that. Eighty <laughs> uh, percent of people. So you got any good plans for the weekend? Well, I don't know you. I don't. We we've never met before. Yeah. You don't care. I don't care. I don't want to know what you're doing. Here are my plans. Take those scissors out of your head and stab you in the neck. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Eighty percent of people say they've opted to stay in rather than leave their house because they can't get their hair to cooperate. That's ridiculous. Eighty percent of people have not left the house because their hair was not cooperating that day. I can believe uh, a lot of women have done that, like on a Friday night or something like that. You're wanting to go out and it just ain't happening. Yeah. Well, when you're the, younger, it's the joy of being homely. See, I can the spend joy a, of being homely. I ought to write a book. Um, I can you know spend an hour and a half on my hair, or I can just get up from my nap as I often do, get it wet. Towel it like crazy, then kind of comb it more or less into place, and it looks about as good as if I'd worked on it. So who cares? A third hey, of, yeah, beautiful hair. You, those of you who bear the burden of beauty, I pity you. <laughs> well, you got to be all hot looking to keep up your self image. Well, and the worst part of it would be is you age out of it. Every day you're getting less. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that. Oh man, that reminds me. I saw old Kirk Douglas's wife. God bless her. She's old as the hills as well. But uh, man, if she had some work. Just age gracefully, folks. Seriously. You're better off.